0: Welcome in. Happy to have you here on this Thursday morning. Uh, all right. So Channel 5 went very in-depth again, and we haven't talked about this in in a bit, about the troubles with the bus driver shortage in schools. And so they focus on RAPEX schools. But again, we open this up 913-586-7798 as we try again to look for solutions to this. As we start to see the academic effects this is going to start to have on students, because what's happening in Ray as they detail and, and we'll get into here, is that the problem is so bad that kids are showing up late to school. And I don't mean five or 10 minutes late. I mean, 45 minutes to an hour late to school, enough that you would miss your first class period. That becomes a real problem. We also get into problems when we talk about what they are having to do and some of the measures that they are having to go to in order just to get kids to school. Um, so it has taken teamwork uh, as they talk their way through this. So it has gotten to the point where um, the where the school district, Ray Pack, bought four 10-passenger vans for their staff to use and help in transporting students, but they are short on drivers for six routes. The assistant superintendent, Brian Pettengill, said he has ridden as a monitor on buses multiple times. And he said with parent permission, he brought students home so they didn't have to wait on a bus to come back and it was going to be a significant delay. Their uh, suggestions are being tossed out here. They had a new ninth grade center that opened this year, and that seemed to um, maybe complicate things a little bit with their schedules. There was one parent that said uh, that one solution would be to redo dismissal schedules because freshmen now have to ride home with East and South middle school students amid that driver shortage. Saying they now open, wondering, can they open schools a little earlier? And the middle schools don't provide after and before school care, so you'd have to do that. So somebody's having to wait. So you could drop your kid off early, but then they'd just be sitting on a gym, sitting in the gym and then they don't have to rely on the bus. Um, they are looking at other options. They are investigating this three-tier model. And that's what we keep talking about. Again, it gets complicated with schedules, but a lot of school districts right now, most of them run two routes. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, if you're in a school district that doesn't do that. But even my district did that when I was young, where you have one route that goes out at, let's say it starts at 7 in the morning for the kids that need to get, oh, that's probably too late, 6.30 in the morning for the kids that need to get to school earlier, like at 7.30, and then you run a second route. So you basically have one bank of bus drivers that does one route, they go around and they get their kids, and then they, for the group of kids that start school an hour later, those same bus drivers take that route out again and get those kids. The three-tier model is is, I take this to be, you do a third route. So um, because you don't have enough drivers to just do the two. So you've got to take those those same set of 10 drivers or whatever you've got and do three routes. You've got to split those kids into three groups instead of two so that those routes are shorter, but you can use those drivers three times instead of two. Of course, the problem with that then is that what time do you have to start school? In order for three bus routes to go for kids to start school at staggered times. And if you're not um, if you're not doing it that way, where you're staggering the start times, then you absolutely then have to provide a place for kids to go for an hour before school starts because their classes don't start yet. And then that's a long day for kids to be in school. That's just a long, if they have to get there at 7 a.m. because that's when their bus can get them, and their classes don't start until 8 o'clock. That's just a long time to be hanging out and earlier that they have to wake up anyway when we talk about kids being exhausted. So the other part of this um, that's in this story, and and we're talking about Ray Peck because this is where Channel 5 um, started to hear about things again. This is the first time I've heard about a district leader bringing kids home in what I assume is his personal vehicle. Now, you do it with parents' permission, but that's... Um, that's the first time I've heard about it having to get to that point.
1: I just want to say this isn't just the Ray Pack It's everywhere. either. I work in the Blue Valley mm-hmm. School District, and we had football games on Monday, freshman and JV games, where we didn't have buses available at all, where we had to pile kids into the big charter vans and drive them to the game. So we we didn't have transportation at all. The coaches, us, we had to be the ones to drive the students and the athletes to the game that they were playing. We didn't have drivers and we didn't wow. have vans. Uh
0: talk to me. I'm trying to imagine the complications of that. Um I have liability questions and insurance questions that I don't expect you to be able to answer, but I have questions about the problems that could arise with that. Um, like if you're in a wreck or something, so what's the insurance? As far that- as I
1: know, uh every teacher or anyone that's employed by the district has to fill out forms that say they are allowed to drive the vehicles. Yeah. And I think that's the big coverage thing. I'm pretty new. I haven't done that yet. At least I don't think. I signed stuff a year ago, but it's all over my head at this point. Yeah. But we had the option to take a bus with our athletes on Monday. Our game started at 430. Okay. If we would have taken the bus, we would have gotten to the stadium at 130. Because that was the only time that we would have had a bus available for us.
0: Bus or driver available? Bus. Where and was... dri-
1: I assume driver comes with bus. Okay. Um, so we said, no, we're not going to sit at the stadium and wait for a game for three hours. Is that and a weekday? That's a Monday, yeah. Um, and we're not going to pull kids out of, out of class for three hours. That's the thing. So we decided, no, we're just going to wait it out, leave after school, and have the coaches drive the vans. And take them to the stadium ourselves.
2: Wow. We Um, also didn't
1: have enough. So we had to take two trips where we take three vans full of kids. And then one van had to go back and get a few more kids and then bring them back as well. And bring them to the game as well.
0: What's the farthest you go for competition?
1: You know, because I'm doing math.
0: Like, what's the farthest if you have to double back and do another trip back?
1: See, this one one wasn't very far. So this was... The closest of all the games that we had in terms of distance for us. So it it worked out in that regard. Um, We'll travel 30, 40 minutes, I think, for a playoff game. Okay. Last year, I think, was the furthest we went. Um, But everything, everything, you know, in in the Blue Valley District is pretty close together. So we we don't travel too far.
0: But still, if you have to use one of those vans twice, if you have to leave some kids at school, and go back and down. we're not, we're not going
1: to pile them all in on right. t- that's that's liability issues and we're not going to pile them all on top of each other plus they have all their it's not just the kids they have their equipment they have their pads we have bags that we have to bring like there's a lot that goes into it
0: um yeah so then that's an hour an extra hour 30 minutes each way if you have to go back and get kids and so that's an extra hour that you have to get there before before the tournament starts. It's really funny because that's something that we have not talked a lot about is how the bus driver shortage affects the extracurriculars. And I'm glad you brought it up because that's a mess too. Um, I don't know. You're probably better informed than I am about what extracurriculars practice before school. When I was a kid, it was, it was track and cross country. They always went out like an hour before school started, but I don't, I don't know what it, what that is now.
1: At least for our football program, we have weights in the morning and a lot of the times the kids can get there on their own or they'll get rides from their parents or somewhere else or others they get to the school cuz then they go straight from there they go shower and then they go to class so it's not it's only about an hour before school starts is when we start lifting and and getting in the weight room and everything so it's not it's not at least for us I've seen the volleyball team practice uh, before school, and then at least in my area that we work near the gym and the weight room, those are the only two squads that I see in the morning.
0: Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. 586 Parents, what should we do if you are a former driver? Because some of you are texting in saying, I'm a former driver. There's no way, no how I'm getting back into it. What would it take to get you back into it? And I know the conversation comes up a lot, except that the consequences are getting worse as time goes on. The other thing that comes up then that's not in the Ray Peck story, but is no doubt. Um, we've talked about this in other district is, and this doesn't help extracurriculars, but you start to take that radius where kids have to walk and you make that bigger instead of it being, I don't know what it is now. I think it varies a little bit, but instead of it being a mile, you make it two miles or, or whatever you, and that pains me to even have that come out of my mouth. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot for a kid to walk two miles to school it's fine on a day like today, but if you try to do it on a day where there's ice on the ground or, you know, or the opposite or it's 100 degrees, that becomes a bigger thing. You also then have more dangers of kids getting hit. You need crossing guards then because we know how traffic can be around here. It just becomes more dangerous. I don't know if that's the last resort for districts, but that's what makes me the most nervous is when we start having kids having to walk farther to get there.
1: I don't I don't like that. And it makes me worried as... As a coach, when I know my kids are working for one, two, two and a half, three, you know, however long we're working during practice, they're already going to be tired after they get done. And now we're making them walk one, two, maybe three miles home. They're already going to be exhausted from what they did during practice. And now they have to do all this extra work to get home.
0: What's the solution? What do we do about this? Um, The other line in this Ray Peck story that's a little uh, that I don't understand is that they said, according to. Uh, their website, the Ray Peck School District website, the proposed budget for 2023-2024 allocated just under 5.1 million for transportation, but it's 39 thousand dollars less compared to last school year. Why? 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 Why are we cutting money in transportation? Now, those formulas are complicated. Maybe it's maybe they're taking money from somewhere else that that we don't see in the budget, but that would be a little bit concerning that they're taking money out of the transportation budget. What do we do? If you're a driver that doesn't want to go back and do it, is, is money enough? Um, usually it's not. If, if money were enough, that would be an easy fix. You would just come up with the money from somewhere. Why can't we get more people to drive buses? And what is a school district supposed to do? What if they cannot provide enough transportation to get your kids to school? 913-586-7798. We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your comments on this next here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913 What a mess this is with the bus driver shortage. Thank you to the text line, and a lot of you were texting in, about problems with the lack of bus drivers that I didn't even think of. Like somebody texted, and we'll get to your um, calls here in a sec, that if you increase uh, the radius from a mile to a mile and a half or whatever it is, Uh, somebody texted and said the independence district has already done that where it was a mile and they made it a mile and a half. So then what happened there was you have more parents dropping their kids off at school. Okay, fine. School um, drop-off points are not designed for that many parents to be dropping their kids off at school at one time. So then that's a mess with traffic because parents don't know where to go. Then you also have high school kids who are not the best yet who are new drivers who are also in the middle of that mess. And so you have those kids that are driving to school in the middle of all of that. Um, The idea came in about using public bus passes, the, the public bus system. It's a good idea for where we have it, which we don't have it in enough parts of Kansas city for that to be um, for that to work everywhere. Somebody said in Chicago, their schools are having a similar shortage of bus drivers. Yeah, it, it's happening everywhere. The city district there has started giving families school bus vouchers so they can use public transit, but the parents have to ride the bus with the kids if they do. How does that solve anything then? parent. I mean, at that point, parents can just take the kids to school. I don't, that's, an hmm. I would need to learn more about that. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me as a fix. If you're a former bus driver or a current school bus driver, What's the problem? Why why won't you do it? Um, and give us further insight into what needs to change to fix it. A texter said parents need to take more responsibility getting their kids to school. Uh, yeah, um, that's what it's going to come to. I think is you are. It won't be a two mile radius of the school. It'll be a five mile radius of the school, or they will, or school districts will just say we are only going to bus middle and high school kids, or we're only going to bus elementary and middle school kids. And you're, you're going to take one of those schools out of the mix. I can't decide which is better to leave out of the busing system, high school kids or elementary school kids, high school kids, maybe because they could get rides with their friends, elementary school kids. I, yeah. It, it's a tough call, but at some point you can't have kids be late to school. You can't have as a result of the busing system, you can't have kids be 40 minutes or an hour late for school, which is what's happening in Ray And I assume that's happening elsewhere too um, because they just can't get there. And then school buses run late because you only have so many drivers to do the routes. You got to get all the kids. And so then the kids get there later. Texter says, I live down the street from an elementary school. I can't even leave or get to my house if it's during drop-off or pickup because the line is so long. Yeah, that's that is the and, and again, thank you. I, I didn't think about that, that that's um, elementary schools and high schools don't have the parking spaces and and the road space. And it ta- especially little kids, it takes a bit to do that for the driver to pull up and you got to get them close to the door. Um, OK, so then could we as I just start throwing ideas out here, could you then add drop off points for, especially for the for the elementary school kids, if that line is getting too long, and parents have to sit in that line because again, you can't you can't drop the kids off a mile away because that's how long the line is. Parents have to get to work. Is there a way to set up drop off points that aren't so close to the school? Like I start thinking about, um, does it solve anything? to drop all the kids off at one school and then bus them out from there. I These maybe are going to solve nothing, but I'm just, just brainstorming. 913 586 Robin is on the line in Overland Park. Robin, you are a former bus driver?
3: I am. I was non-essential as of March tw- uh, 17th of 2020 when I had a job at 6 a.m. And by 6 p.m. I had nothing, and I was non-essential.
0: Non-es- non-essential. Non-essential. Um, like I, the school district decided that, or who decided that?
3: Uh, well, that was the day they closed the schools. So that I guess that would be the governor. Um, so they closed the schools and said we weren't coming back.
0: Well, kids were going virtual, so nobody was in school, so that's nobody why. Nobody
3: was in school, yeah. so they didn't need bus drivers. But what do you do with 300 bus drivers who don't have jobs all of a sudden? That was, that was unprecedented, and, and I understand. But let's talk about no air conditioning. Let's talk about 15-hour days that people don't believe bus drivers put in for um you know not only do we do routes but we also do field trips and sporting events and choir tours and sometimes we'd be doing two or three of those a day we'd be dropping one school off at one place and then we'd be picking them up at, at a different place and then we'd be going back and forth between schools getting them to and from i mean it's it's crazy and then they want us st- and then we're considered part time and we get no ben- and we got no benefits
0: I want to come back to the 15-hour day and thing no, for a second. And
3: no air conditioning. And no air conditioning on top of all of that.
0: Um, I mean, I'm, I'm making a lot of notes here of things we need to talk about. I want to talk about uh-huh. the 15-hour days for a second because I think okay. uh, we've never really talked about that. I think a lot of people are under the impression that part of the reason we can't get school bus drivers to take the job is because it's, it's, it's a weird split shift kind of day. You work 6 a.m. until 9 a.m. and then 2 p.m. until 5 or 6. And then you have that middle of the day and what do you do?
3: Oh, well, I was driving. I was doing a third route. Also, I was also doing uh, field trips. Let's talk day at the K. Um, things like that, worlds of fun when it came up. Uh, we'd drive back and forth between routes just to get them to and from, you know, worlds of fun so that we could turn around and come back and do our routes on time. It is. It is more than just picking up and dropping off. And they don't. Re- they nobody wants to recognize It, it is a. Fifth, some days it's fifteen hours a day, and sometimes you do that two or three times a week.
0: Are you? I. It's funny um, when you said fifteen-hour day. I was comforted by that a little bit because I. Th- I thought, well, that means you're getting paid more. That means it is you're not getting benefits, but at least you are as busy as a full-time job is. But it sounds like yeah, that is too much for can, you.
3: Yeah. Well, considering that you're only paid part-time wages. Um, I mean, and you know, and then there's you know, there's just you know, but you're doing that two or three times a day. Sometimes, okay, let's do an example real quick. I got on the bus at six ten in the morning. Sometimes I didn't get off till ten, eleven, twelve o'clock at night. What was I doing? I did my route. I go. I get off for an hour. I go do or an hour and a half. I do my other my preschool route. Then I'd turn around and I would pick up somebody for a field trip. Or sometimes you had to pick up a field trip between um, my morning route and my midday route. Okay? Uh huh. Then you have to go back and pick those kids up between my midday route and my afternoon route. Then, when my afternoon route was done, I had to go pick up a football g- g- team. So then I had to pick up that football team and go to wherever they were going and wait until the game was over, sometimes very late into the night, and then turn around and come back and do it all again the next day.
0: We are Uh, um, short on time here, but I want to ask, would benefits do it? Would raising the pay rate do it? Would air conditioning do it? What would do it?
3: Air conditioning, raising the pay, and benefits. That is a full-time job. And if you want people to want to work as a bus driver – They need to be considered as full-time workers all the time because some of us have put in a lot of hours. Some of my friends are still putting in a lot of hours for little or no recognition.
0: Robin, it's been great insight. I I really, really appreciate that you called. Uh, Thanks a lot for getting in. Damon, everybody hang on the line here. Uh, We're getting a bunch of texts as well. We'll get to more of your calls next here on KMBZ. Oh, the twists and turns we're taking with this one. Uh, we're talking about the shortage of school bus drivers and the, uh, the kind of the domino effect now that's happening as we're a little bit into the school year. Uh, Channel 5 did a very in-depth story about what's happening in the Ray Peck School District. A couple things we've never talked about with that before. Um, we're now learning how late kids are getting to school because there's just a you have a limited number of drivers and... You just can only hurry so much. And so kids are getting to school late. They also have an assistant superintendent who has said, with parental permission, I'm taking kids home from school himself, which is something we haven't heard about. Um, The air conditioning debate is happening. I'm doing some math on benefits that we can talk about here in a second about how much more that could cost a school district. What do we do? 913-586-7798. Damon, but hanging on in Overland Park. Hey, Damon.
2: Hey, what's going on, Jamie? Hey, I, 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 in personally, out uh, of my own opinion, I, I, I'm a former bus driver. I started out, you know, in my careers of driving school buses, and I did it for over 10 years. And it, to me, when I got into it, I felt like it was a real rewarding job because I love working with children. I love, you know, uh, I felt like I was doing something with my life, getting them to and fro. But I started to notice that throughout the years that I was driving, that the respect level, of the children was changing and um, kind of a little story of one of the young ladies had uh, knocked my head off my head one day because she got mad at me and I had to call in on her and the principal and them came out and they removed her and they suspended the girl but I, I thought that the next morning that when I saw her at my bus stop that one of the parents of her and her mother and herself was at the bus stop I thought that she was going to tell me my daughter did wrong, She, I'm sorry, but you know, she took up for her daughter actions. And I think a lot of people today, no matter how much you pay them, if the children are gonna be disrespectful to them and make them feel like that, you know, you're more on the child who needs really to be disciplined instead of, you know, really rewarding them and being on their side and taking up for them when they are the one doing wrong, A lot of people just don't want that hassle because no one wants to get into a big ruckus with parents because it almost seems like a parent feels like it's an attack upon them when you're saying their kid is being bad, you know. And I just think that that's going to be your biggest challenge. Uh, I think if you give them health care and all of that stuff, that may be a plus, but, man, it's a new day we're living in with uh, the way some people are disciplining their kids and not teaching them the right way.
0: Uh, Why are school buses the place where, and I'm not arguing with you about it because we hear the story all the time. I'm asking myself, why are school buses the place that kids feel like it's the Wild West where kids act out so much? I mean, they do it in school, too, but it's a more structured environment. Maybe I'm answering my own question. But why are school buses the place where kids just seem to get more out of control?
2: I think it's a everybody's together everybody's hype going home from school and everybody's so excited about it and i, I tend to see to see a lot of things happen on friday you hear me these kids are pumped up for the weekend and they you know and they want to kind of show out you know and the ones who really got you know those um reputations of being something of some nature them are the ones that really act out you know and then they want to show the other kids that they're big and bad and and then they hype the other kids up and then they become disrespectful. So it's just, it's hard on a bus driver, especially when you're talking about paying attention and not wrecking and, you know, to make sure they get home safely. I mean, I don't know how many times I have to look up and tell someone to stop and sit down and you know, I'm gonna write you up, and you know you, that only goes so far so many times before they realize you're not really telling the truth until you really actually have to. So I think it's just that all of them are together at the same time, and one wants to really show the other ones out, and another wants to try to show them I can show you out. So it's just crazy like that. It's a it's a crazy environment. I, I My head goes off to anybody today who still drives a school bus, because you don't make a lot of money. It's all about because you care about the kids, and you just want to get get them to into their future so they can get their education you know.
0: Damon real quick um so would would more bus monitors help? What would help control the the kid behavior? I don't know where we're going to get bus monitors from, but parent volunteers or whatever. Would more adults on a bus help?
2: Yes, but then you still are in a situation where you can only do so much. You can you can try to ask them to sit yeah. down because you can't touch a child. Today. No, you just can't do it. You know, not do, it. do it when I was
0: learning so, to be a teacher. No, absolutely not.
2: Right, right. Yeah. So therefore, you know, your bluffs of sit down, I'll write you up or you're going to be off the bus. You know, you, you really feel like you're hurting them when you do this, because if they can't make it to school, you make even you make them even worse than they are because they're get, missing school. So you want them to you don't want to hurt their education. And I've had to do that and had that girl that I told you about, she was removed from my bus for 10 days and I hated it because it messed with her education. Yeah. But I just, you know, it's, 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 it's a hard situation to be in. I I know.
0: Uh, Damon, I appreciate the call again. Great insight. Thanks for adding to the conversation here. We appreciate it. Okay. I did math and for you former or current school bus drivers, help me with my math because I had to make some assumptions quickly during the commercial break. So, um, because I'm coming back to uh, it being a full-time job. I don't know if that's what would do it, but that's what we hear the most when we talk about this, is make it a full-time job with benefits. Again, I had to sketch it out really quickly. Somebody correct me on where my math might be wrong. But when I researched it, um, generally speaking, benefits account, for about a third of what an employee is paid. So if, um, and they've got, like I found, national averages per hour. But just to make it easy, I thought, okay, let's say a bus driver makes $15 an hour. That may be as low, I have no idea, but that's the number I used. So if you're going to take a third of that to be benefits, that means a school district has to come up with an additional $5 an hour for that employee just to pay for the benefits. I assumed a bus driver is working 30 hours a week, and kids are in school 35 weeks a year-ish times 100 drivers that a district might have. That that number's probably um, high. But here's a number I got to. Was about a half million dollars a year. Using those numbers is what it would cost a school district. Maybe it's not 100 drivers. Maybe it's 50 drivers. Okay, so it's a quarter million dollars a year is, is what that's costing a district. Either way, it's a lot of money to provide benefits to a district, uh, to provide those to bus drivers. Which says to me, this comes down to money, which I understand. Where does the money come from? Um, And in the... uh, So in the grand scheme of priorities of where a district has to spend its money, you're looking at, I assume, making sure your money goes toward what affects academics, right? And so... Yes, you have a shortage of bus drivers and that stinks. But given how much money it would cost to give those bus drivers benefits, I'm sure they're thinking, well, 40 minutes late to class isn't um, isn't super, super significant. Uh, It just that's the money that it would cost them. And it bums me out to even say that. But benefits are expensive. And uh, but I get why you say benefits are what would do it, because frankly, that's what inspires you or encourages you to get another job somewhere else. You can get the benefits somewhere else. So why would you work in a place that has kids that are rowdy, the buses that don't have air conditioning? You probably also kind of feel like there's not a lot of, um, respect isn't the word I want, but a lot of glory that goes along with that job. I see more downsides to upsides to that. So why would you continue to tolerate that? Uh, The other thing that came up is virtual learning, yeah, that's another thing. I feel like that is a dramatic uh, direction that we're going to end up in. That's taken us from A to K. That's that's down the road. But that's the worst case scenario. You don't have ways to get kids to school. You will um, you will end up doing virtual learning because you just can't get them to school, or you'll do virtual learning for some, which is something I I have not met a single parent that likes that idea. So then it's putting. More on parents in a different way. Okay, text line says, the school district doesn't pay the drivers, the bus company does. School district pays the bus company. I mean, let's, you know, they, they contract with the bus company to pay the drivers. I don't know how that arrangement works, but the school district is still paying for it one way or another. 913-586-7798. I don't know what you do about the kid behavior on buses. What you hope happens in my dream world where everything happens the way I want it to... What you hope happens is that if kids are a problem on the school bus, that parents care enough about that. They don't want their kids to be kicked off the bus because then they have to get them to school somehow. And so the parent fixes the behavior problem. Again, I, I know that's an ideal that doesn't happen, but but you hope that parents get involved, that that parents, because they, want, they don't want to have to get their kids back and forth to school every day, and some parents can't. You have single parent homes and you have parents that work odd schedules a little bit that can't do that. Not every parent can just figure out a way to get their kids to school on their own. What you hope is that parents get involved more and offer the ones that can. Can you carpool kids to school more? Can the parents that are available, can they offer to be the school bus monitors so that there are more adults present? Um, that's what's disappointing to me a little bit. Frankly, that's what was disappointing to me as a teacher as well is just that lack of, of parent involvement there. But, and that's, that's a four hour show on another day, but that's, that's disappointing that that doesn't happen more. Um, Texts that are coming in show that school districts do this in a lot of different ways that in one district, they own the buses in other districts, they contract um, in another district where there's a bus driver, the school pays her directly. So, I get that there are different ways to do it. 913-586-7798 if you uh, want in here. We'll take a break here. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. Coming up in the next hour, uh, Illinois is the only state that requires mandatory testing for seniors after a certain point. That age used to be 75. It was that way for a long time. In the pandemic, they loosened that up a, a little bit and said the age could be higher they're going to aim to permanently do that to make the age at which you have to get mandatory testing as a driver older than 75. I was surprised to find out that Illinois was the only state that does that on a mandatory basis in the first place. So we'll talk more about whether that's something we should be doing more with. We'll get to that coming up in the noon hour here. A uh, Pattern of what's happening lately is we keep doing these stories and seeing this more and more of people that either lie about a crime or fake their own kidnapping, or fake their own death, as was the case in Oklahoma recently. And we have a lot of debate then about whether they should be compensating police for the police work that went into that, and and that was a total waste. And in Australia, there's no debate about it in terms of what's going to happen here. And it was a pretty ridiculous reason uh, that this guy decided to fake his own kidnapping. So Australian police say they spent precisely... $6,218 $6,218 to investigate the kidnapping of Paul Lara, except there was no kidnapping, just a half-baked plan to free him up on New Year's Eve. He wanted to spend New Year's Eve with his girlfriend, a woman other than his partner, and he didn't want his partner to find out. So he came up with this plan to fake his kidnapping so that his partner Wouldn't wonder where he was and certainly wouldn't suspect that he was cheating on her, that he was kidnapped instead. Didn't last very long. Uh, He is 35. He has been ordered to pay the court $16,218. Give that over to New South Wales police. Uh, The false report charge could have brought him seven years in prison, but in the end, he just had to pay the money. So this was New Year's Eve. Uh, His goal was to spend New Year's Eve with a woman other than his partner. So he sent a text to his partner on December 31st pretending to be these kidnappers saying they had him and they were going to keep him until morning. So that gives him New Year's Eve night to spend out with whoever he wants, knowing that then he just needs to go home by the morning of January 1st. After being contacted by Lyra's partner, police, she calls police. I've got this. I've got this note that my partner's been kidnapped. She calls police and police find him in his hometown at 10 o'clock in the morning on January 1st in his van. I would love to know. And it's not in the story about the police work that had them track him down. I don't know enough about the geography here to know how big of a town this was. Maybe this was easier than I think. Uh, They found him in his van uh, and he told police then Uh, That he had been taken by unidentified Middle Eastern men who later released him. Again, they figured out that this was all a lie. And I'm going to guess that when he was pressed for answers, my assumption is that he confessed to it. Is that he just confessed to, like police said to him, we know this was a lie. Like we we know that this story that you cooked up didn't actually happen. I'm going to guess he admitted that this was the reason why because he felt pretty stupid about it. Um, so again, uh, let's see, the magistrate judge said this was the least compelling reason he had ever heard. Uh, and it looks like they are, um, maybe ordering some therapy for him. Like this was a pretty ridiculous reason to have done this. And so they're looking at some mental health help for him because he probably needs it. Uh, So he was also given a three-year community correction order and told to take 350 hours of community service as well as the compensation to police, uh, charged with making a false accusation with the intent to subject another person to investigation. And it sounds like they were pleased with the outcome. But what a ridiculous reason (laughs) to get... uh, there's not a good reason to do it ever, but what a ridiculous reason to try to fake your kidnapping. And what did he think his partner was going to do? Um, Like, okay, well they keep him till morning. Fine. No big deal. You know, he'll be back tomorrow morning and it'll, they'll just return him safe. No big deal. What did they think she was going to do? So of course she called police. sounds like he wasn't very good at, at trying to fake his way through the crime that he didn't think this through very well. And so, uh, yeah, now he's got to repay the $16,000 that they came up with in order to uh, get that back to police. All right, uh, New York Post had this next story here. I um, I like stories like this in part because I am such a bad sleeper and I I every suggestion that has ever come in from anyone has, has never worked. I'm just, I'm, I have no problem falling asleep, but I just wake up about every 90 minutes during the night. I, you just get used to kind of functioning in the world in this exhausted state all of the time. And I'm not the only one. Uh, we are perpetually exhausted as a society. And so we're always looking for ways to try to help that out. And so there's a strategy that was used in World War II that is being talked about more. And experts agree it could be an effective way to cure insomnia. And I'm going to talk you through this. And I will, I will just warn you, it's um, if, you are, <laughs> if you're home and you're relaxed, this is going to make you more relaxed because that is the point. It is known as the military sleep technique. It reportedly has helped people fall asleep in less than five minutes. When I first looked at this, there's a sleep position here that made me think part of the objective is to be laying on your stomach in kind of a weird position. I think it's just the way that they maybe get you to to relax the most, but you don't have to be in any particular position to do this. So it was originally detailed in a book published in 1981. Relax and win championship performance. Uh, let's see. Lloyd Bud Winter wrote that he talked to U.S. Navy pilots about the method they used to relax and fall asleep within two minutes, even under very high stress conditions. So this went viral on TikTok because, of course, it did. And the user Mind Brain Body Lab described the process as follows. Um. I won't go through all of this because it 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 takes a bit, but it really is the um, the body scanner the body scan method. If you don't know this method, I know it a lot from meditation. It's a way to get people to meditate, where you imagine a scanner going over your entire body, starting at the top. So you start with your head and you relax your head, and it's a way. Also, you're supposed to become aware of each part of your body. And so you start with your head and you you notice where your head is and you relax your head. And then you go down and you notice your shoulders. And if your shoulders are tense, you relax your shoulders and take note of them. And then you keep going and you relax every muscle, including in your face. We don't realize how, how much stress we hold in our faces. So that's what you do first. Your cheeks and your tongue need to relax. You unclench your jaw and take slow, deep breaths. And then you just go all the way down. And they said it's really important to do deep deep breaths for that work. That's what I find to be the hardest. It, it just to do all those deep breaths while also having to relax every muscle for some reason is just it's just a lot for me to try to do it one time. But they say it does work and you go all the way down until your your legs. And they said now that you've let go of the tension in your body, you just do the same thing with your mind, which I know gets a little hokey for some people. But it works. That method works for members of the military that are in these high-stress situations and need to be able to fall asleep. And experts have said there is legitimacy to this, that just doing the physical relaxation, going down the body, and the the reason they say focus on your breath is because most people have a hard time clearing your head, like thinking about nothing. That's just an unrealistic expectation. So you focus on breathing. That's where your head goes is to focus on doing that activity, and that's supposed to do it. Um, they say it works it's it's again, it's similar to um like what yoga and meditation does for people it's It's the same idea except that it's going through this very um focused process. so they say it works okay um it it certainly won't hurt anything. it certainly won't relax in your whole body, certainly won't hurt anything. Uh, in terms of getting you to relax and getting you to sleep better. So there's your there's your tip there for the day. All right, uh, we will take a break. Coming up in the next hour, we will get to the story out of Illinois. They could raise the age limit for mandatory driving tests for seniors. What should it be? How often should you have to take the test to show that you can drive? Get to that and more coming up in the next hour here on KMBZ.